Revelation 13. And just a few verses at the end of the chapter. Verse 16. And he, that's the the false prophet, causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. Let's pray. Fathers, we come to your word today to meditate upon it. We pray for the help of the Holy Spirit, that help may be given to both preacher and listener alike. Undertake for us, Lord, today as we consider this important subject. We pray, Father, that in these days when so much is happening Lord, don't let us be sleepwalking. Don't let us, Lord, be slumbering like the, the five virgins when the bridegroom was about to come. Oh, God, help us in these days to be wide awake, spiritually speaking. Thank you for your word, for the reading of it. May it penetrate our souls today, for we pray in our Saviour's name. Amen. As Mount St. Helens rumbled during the spring months of 1980, one man stood firm in his resolve to remain on the mountain. Harry R. Truman... Now, not Harry S. Truman. He was the 33rd president of the United States. He became president after the Second World War. But it's not Harry S. Truman. Harry R. Truman, an innkeeper, refused to leave his home despite an evacuation order and repeated warnings that came via recurring earthquakes. He acknowledged it was possible the mountain might blow someday, but he never reached the place where he was willing to pack up his bags and leave his home. On May the 18th, 1980, Mount St. Helens erupted with such force that the top 1,300 feet of the mountain instantly disappeared. The explosion caused a huge landslide that moved down the mountainside at speeds in excess of 110 miles per hour, devouring everything in its path, including the residence of Harry R. Truman at Spirit Lake. Why mention a stubborn old man today? who refused to heed the warnings of impending disaster. Well, folks, it's simply this, because there are a lot of people, spiritually speaking, who are just like him. 
I have been here almost 14 years standing in this pulpit. It'll be 14 years next month. By the grace of God and with the help of the Holy Spirit, I have sought to warn everyone who has been sitting in the pews for these past 14 years. Everyone that is who is not right with God. I have sought to warn you of your need to get right with God. God forbid that any of you should be like this man in the northwest of the United States when Mount St. Helens exploded. A man who had been warned, but he delayed and dilly-dallied until it was too late. And he lost his life. But of course, to lose your soul is much worse than to lose your life. God forbid that anyone in this congregation should lose their soul. Make sure you don't. There are many, many signs of the times all around us today. Almost every day we see something happening, some change being implemented that should cause us to say the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. And one thing that we certainly see on the horizon is the mark of the beast. And that's our topic for today. And I want us to consider it this morning. Things that are happening that are making it abundantly clear that the end is near and that the Antichrist is setting up his kingdom, putting the scaffolding together, we could say, and setting the stage for the mark of the beast. And I want us to consider the subject today, and by way of outline, I just want to take the word mark. Four letters, M-A-R-K, and build the message around it today. The M, I want us to begin by thinking of the monetary aspect of the mark of the beast. Look at verse 17 of Revelation chapter 13. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark. There's coming the day when nobody will be able to buy or sell unless you've got this mark. You'll not be able to go even into the grocery store, into the supermarket to buy your, your, your groceries. You'll need the mark. There's a digital currency on the way. Cash will have disappeared. We will be living in a cashless society. It's, it's, it's starting to, 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 to happen already. We're moving in that direction already. 
Have you not heard about what they're doing in Australia? Getting rid of ATMs? Cash machines? The end of ATMs in Australia? Big headline in the Daily Mail. Thousands of cash machines are removed across the country as banks go digital. As Australian banks continue to focus on digital transactions for customers, ATMs and bank branches are disappearing across the country, according to new data. The analysis revealed close to 460 bank branches have shut down across the nation in recent years, and dating back to 2020, approximately 3,800 previously active ATMs have been removed. Almost 4,000 ATMs removed in two years in Australia. What do you reckon they're trying to do? Get rid of cash. New South Wales alone now has 140 fewer in-store banks and almost 300 suburbs don't have a singular ATM to withdraw cash. It is a similar story in Victoria where 120 branches have permanently closed their doors to customers. Can you see the bigger picture, folks? They're not only doing it in Australia, they're doing it in Belgium, and no doubt they're doing it in other countries, or they're going to be doing it very soon. We are moving toward the Great Reset haven't heard that phrase there are certain nefarious individuals in the world today who want to get us to a stage where they reset the world economy and the world currency world currencies so that we end up with a global currency a digital global currency They've got a social credit system in China already. They got it up and running when they, whenever they, all the lockdowns struck two years ago. China, they set up a social credit system, a digital system. What is happening in China already is it's on the way for us. The monetary aspect of the mark of the beast. In Austria, vaccines are mandatory now. There are certain shops, certain stores that you're not allowed in unless you can show proof of vaccination. Can you see the direction it's headed? where we are moving inexorably toward this digital currency, this monetary control through the mark of the beast. So folks, I trust that this is a wake-up call to any of you who think that what's in the book of Revelation is by and by, pie in the sky, fairy tale stuff. It's not. 
And if you're not right with God, you need to get right with him. And you need to do it today. You need to come to the Savior today. Don't come to me to be saved. I'm not a priest. I'm not a mediator. Oh, as long as you need, I'll answer your questions. You can talk to me as long as you want. And I'm your servant for Christ's sake. I'll do my best to help you in any way I can. But at the end of the day, I'm just a signpost to the Lamb of God. I'm here to warn you about the Antichrist and his evil, tyrannical system. But I'm here to tell you about the, the, the Christ of God. The Savior who can save you in a moment of time. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But, but unto us who are saved, it is the power of God. I tell you folks, there's power in the work of the cross today to save you. There's power in the blood of Christ to set you free today. You only have to come to him. You only have to turn to him. The, the M stands for the monetary element to the mark of the beast. What about the A? Avoid. Hallelujah, it's possible to avoid the mark of the beast. It's avoidable. Sometimes people ask me, what if a Christian receives the mark of the beast? What if a Christian takes the mark? But that's impossible. It can't happen. Because glory to God, all the Christians will be gone when the mark of the beast arrives on the scene. We have been reading already, telling you already about, about uh, Mr. Truman who wasn't willing to be evacuated from Mount St. Helens. I want to tell you folks, there's coming a day that, that the Lord's going to evacuate all his people from planet earth. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. Oh, hallelujah, the Lord's going to take every one of his people out of this world before the Antichrist gets the limelight and says, now you need my mark if you want to buy or sell. Glory to God, every one of us who are blood washed are going to be away and out of the scene and with Christ. So, child of God today, don't you be getting worried and anxious about the mark of the beast because you'll not be there when it happens. And I'll not be there either. We'll avoid it. How do I know what, uh, what I, I'm telling you is true? Well, we read in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, listen to these words. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. 
and then that wicked be re- and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now let me go back and make a few comments on those verses. It says, now ye know what withholdeth. In other words, there is a restraining force in the world today, restraining the powers of hell, and it's the word of God. That's what Paul's saying to the church at Thessalonica. The word of God holds back the powers of evil. Makes you wonder why a lot of churches are footling about entertaining their people today. That's what they're doing. Spurgeon warned that the day would come whenever instead of shepherds feeding the sheep, it would be clowns entertaining the goats. But entertainment doesn't uh, restrain the devil. It doesn't hold him back. But the word of God does. We need to use the word of God every opportunity we have. We need to get the sword of the spirit out. For it keeps the powers of darkness at bay. But then Paul says there's someone, not only something, the word of God, that restrains evil, but there's someone who restrains evil. He says, until he be taken out of the way. The Spirit of God restrains evil. He's the great restrainer. And that's one of his ministries today. But Paul says that there's coming a day Coming a time when the Spirit of God will be taken out of the way. In other words, he will be removed from the earth. So if you join the dots, folks, if the Spirit of God is removed from the earth, then that means the Christians have to be removed because the Spirit of God lives in the Christians. And then Paul says, then that wicked shall be revealed. The Antichrist, he'll Take center stage then when the Christians and the Spirit have gone. So hallelujah, we're going to avoid the mark of the beast. We won't even have to face the situation. Now I wonder, should I take this? It's in a sense, it's meaningless for the believer. It's irrelevant. But for those of you who are not believers, you're not saved, it's very relevant to you. Because your current trajectory means that you're going to be here when the mark of the beast is implemented. I wouldn't like to be in your shoes. All the Christians will have been raptured. The first thing that will happen when we are raptured and taken to heaven is that we will stand at the Bema seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ. Oh, it'll not be judgment uh, as far as our uh, eternal destiny goes. No, that's all been sorted at the cross. We're saved by grace. It's not of works, but it's a judgment And an analysis of how we've lived for the Lord. How we've used our time. And there'll be rewards. Degrees of rewards that will be handed out at the judgment seat of Christ. There'll be tears there, you know. Tears of regret. 
But then the Bible says that our lovely Lord Jesus will come and wipe away the tears. Now you no more crying. Mourn into heaven. For the marriage supper of the Lamb, that's the next event that will take place. So for seven years, while all hell breaks loose on the earth during the great tribulation, all the saints will be up in heaven and they'll be judged at the, the Bema seat of Christ and they'll enjoy the marriage supper of the Lamb. And it'll be wonderful. Child of God, are you watching for him? We don't look for the Antichrist. We look for Christ. Hallelujah. Don't get taken up with the Antichrist, believer. Get taken up with Christ. Look for him. Lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. You know, I got up this morning and thought, Lord, maybe today. Maybe he'll come today. Brother Sam mightn't even get into the pulpit tonight. Ah, the hope of the believer. The horror of the unbeliever. Oh, praise God, we look for our Savior. Where didn't the psalmist say, My soul watcheth for the Lord more than they that wait for the morning? Philippians 3.20, For our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Watching and waiting, looking above. Filled with his goodness, lost in his love. So that's the M and the A. What about the R? Replica. Let me leave that with you. You see, this mark of the beast is a replica of something you find in the Old Testament. It's a copy of something in the Old Testament. You do know the devil's an old copycat. All he can do is counterfeit what the Lord Jesus has done. He loves to imitate the Lord. As Luther said, he loves to ape the Lord. If you turn back in your Bible there to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let me point you to this replica that prefigures the mark of the beast. Or this, this, this original mark, if you like, that, that the mark of the beast is just a replica for. You notice Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. The great Shema you have here, that's what the Jews call it, Shema. It's a, a Hebrew word that means here. What's the, what's the first word in verse 4? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day 
shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. That last verse, verse 8, is the verse that I want you to get a hold of. The Lord says, this Shema, this command that I have given you to love me, I want you to bind it for a sign upon thine hand. Now what's the mark of the beast? It's in the hand, isn't it? But then the Lord says, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. Have you ever seen the Orthodox Jews at the Western Wall? And they've got the frontlets between their eyes. It's like a wee box and it's tied round the brow, round the forehead. And inside the wee box they have Deuteronomy chapter 6. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and soul and might. It's in the box, the frontlets between their eyes. And they've got the, what the Lord Jesus called phylacteries on the hand. We box on the hand too. The mark of the beast is a replica of, of this. The devil's just, he's copying the Lord. What This in Deuteronomy 6, we could say the Lord's, um, uh, command here is, is copyright. But the devil, he um, breaks the copyright with his replica. He didn't think of it himself. It's not something that he came up with. It's not something original. He's just copying the Lord with his mark. Love the Lord. You see, those of us who are saved by grace were washed in the blood of the Lamb. We don't, we don't need anything on our forehead or on our right hand to make us love the Lord. No, it comes naturally because of what he has done for us. We love him because he first loved us. Who do you love today? Do you love the Lord? You either love him or you don't. And one day, if you continue to reject the Savior and just whistle and shrug your shoulders and pretend that what's in Revelation is, is just baloney, one day the trumpet will sound, you'll be left behind while the Christians go, and you'll be left behind with the one that you love, the Antichrist and his system. You'll have to take his mark. But let me point you again to your only hope. We need to bring the study to an end today, for time is almost gone. Back in Revelation chapter 13. 
And in the last verse of the chapter, you notice how the verse begins. Verse 18, here is wisdom. Here is wisdom. At the end of Revelation 13, John the Apostle points us to the Saviour. How do I know? Where do I get that from? Well, the word wisdom. Do you know that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul said, Christ is the wisdom of God. That's one of his titles. The wisdom of God. If you read the book of Proverbs, it speaks there of wisdom. Wisdom crying in the streets. Wisdom is personified. And it's Christ. The Bible says that a greater than Solomon is here. Oh, Solomon was so wise. I tell you, there's somebody wiser. That's the Lord Jesus. And so John here, he points his readers as he's been describing the mark of the beast. He doesn't want to finish on a negative note, but he points them to Christ. The wisdom of God. Here is wisdom. Here he is. Here's the Savior. Now turn to him. Trust him. Some of you are wondering what the K was. King. King Jesus. Is he your king? If not, you say with the hymn writer today, King of my life, I crown thee now. Our Father, we acknowledge that this is a very serious, solemn subject that we have been thinking about today. But it's in your word, Lord, and it's there for a purpose. And we thank you, Lord, for what you've been saying to us today for, through your word. And we pray that each one of us as individuals might be obedient to you, whatever you have been saying to us. Thank you, Lord, that you do speak to us as individuals. Salvation is a personal thing. Our relationship with you is a personal thing. Oh, that spiritual business may be transacted with the King today. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be our portion, both this day and forevermore. Amen.